Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Killer White. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And let's get right down to some business. We'll, we've got a big show. So this is going to be the last long show of the not year, but for a while, because here's the thing. I am getting extremely burned out, and it's not just with this show. It's the my kids have been sick. It's the end of the year, so they're doing all their tests, and there's school things, and there's work things, and uh, there's just so many different things that are taking my time right now. I don't have, I'm starting to do a lot of things really bad. <laughs> I'm not doing a, I'm not doing a great job at a lot of things that I should be doing a great job at. So I got to scale back and I can feel myself fading and I don't want to stop doing the show. I love doing the show. So I'm going to pull it back a little bit. Now, I, I don't know how many are out there thinking, well, he only does a, you know, 25 minute show. How long could that possibly take? Well, I go through probably close to a thousand articles every week. And of that thousand, I probably skim, I don't know, 500 ish, actually go into the article and skim through it, make sure that it's something that I'm going to read. And probably half of that, maybe half to a quarter of that, I'm actually reading and then putting into show notes for context and stuff. And that takes a really long time. And then many of you know, you know, if you've been listening for a while, I used to, you know, just get on the mic and I would just go. And by the end of the podcast, it was like 40 minutes long. That didn't end up always, you know, making for the best show. So I've been really heavily editing the shows, but it still takes me that long to get the podcast out. I just have, I'm just getting better at editing. And even the editing takes, you know, an hour, an hour and a half. So anyway, the, the whole point is, is that I, I really need a break. And I need a break from a lot of things, but um, I need to just start pairing back a little bit so that I can get these other things that I need to get done, done. Like I have a whole folder of shows that I want to do for the Patreon supporters that I haven't gotten to. And that's one of the top things on my list. Once I get that stuff kind of cleared out and we go through the summer, then I think, you know, we'll be able to go back up to the 20, 25 minute normal show range that uh, we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Having said that, I'm also going to take a little break in July. I tried to do this last year 
And I ended up deleting all of the things that I had recorded with Sierra and her boyfriend about Tesla. And because I, I deleted them, I ended up having to do two weeks of shows anyway. So this year, I'm going to I'm actually going to figure that out where I don't actually delete the shows. <laughs> so dumb. Anyway, um, moving on. Let's talk about our contest because we have some more things to give away. It sounds like Carl received his hat. Uh, Nate, uh, I put your coffee cup in the mail. You should receive it, I would guess, by Tuesday, if not Monday. Uh, let me know if you don't. So let's get to the number generator here. And we got 1 through 14. Let me look at... Obviously, we're not going to pick somebody that we've already picked. So let's do that again. Okay, so we got John B, who's a Patreon supporter. John, I will email you later this weekend or first part of this week, and you can choose between, I've got a shirt, which is large, which is a cool shirt. I'll email you all the pictures. A remove before flying keychain, which is really cool, or a NASA bumper sticker, which I saw somebody in the store uh, wearing a shirt very similar to this bumper sticker. I didn't say anything because I thought she might be creeped out. But anyway, John, I will email you soon. Speaking of Patreon supporters, I want to thank everybody who went to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or supportkilowatt.com and signed up to be a patron. I really appreciate that. That's amazing. Thank you for doing that. If you would like to support the show, head on over to supportkilowatt.com or patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. Sign up for the one, three, or five dollar level, and you'll have my eternal gratitude. All of the money goes back into the show. None of it goes into paying like my monthly expenses for living life. This is not something that I'm making money on or intend to make money on from the Patreon feed. At some point I'd like to get advertisers, but in terms of the Patreon feed, that just goes to, you know, pay for the the show, the the software. I just bought new software. I didn't pay for that actually. I ended up just renting it. $75 for six months, but that $75 came out of the Patreon account. So for all the Patreon supporters, thank you very much. We have the new Hindenburg Journalist Pro software that we're using, and it actually makes the show sound way better. So I want to thank everybody who supports the show for sure. Now let's get to videos. Our first video comes from Hands On Tech which is a show on the Twit Network. If you're familiar with MacBreak Weekly, This Week in Google, the network Leo Laporte created, basically. Anyway, they got their hands on a Kia Nero, and it's a really good just kind of overall review of the car. I highly suggest taking a look at it. Now, because uh, the Kia Nero and the Hyundai Kona are so similar, I also put another video from a different uh, group talking about the Hyundai Kona. I think both videos are great and you should highly check them out. The third video is a video on transition metals in ionic formulas. So this is all periodic table science-y type stuff, but we're going to learn about transition metals later in the show. So I put the video in there to give some context because quite honestly, I didn't know what the heck I was talking about until I watched the video. And finally... The Rivian R1T electric truck. There is a walk around at the Overland Expo. And I 
really suggest che checking that video out because it was done really well. And here's a little spoiler alert. I'm pretty sure I was standing three feet from the guy that was doing the recording. Not for all of it, but for a good portion of it because I kept trying to get a good look at something and he would keep walking in front of me with this other guy with a beard. Take a look at the video. I'm not in it, but I think I know who filmed it. Moving on. Our first story comes from Jameson Dow of Electric. Hyundai and Kia walk into a bar and walk out with a sports car. Now, how did this happen? So both companies have invested 80 million dollars, or excuse me, 80 million euros or 90 million US dollars in Rimac. Rimac is a Croatian electric car company that makes these insane supercars. It they you know had its television debut when Richard Hammond, formerly of Top Gear, crashed a Rimac Concept One on his Amazon show Grand Tour. Just to give you an idea, this is a million-dollar car that he crashed. He got pretty banged up, injured his knee. I think he might have broke his knee. Um, he was very lucky because the car eventually did burst into flames. You can watch it on the Grand Tour on Amazon show. Anyway, the three companies are going to collaborate on two electric sports cars. One will fall under Hyundai's N brand, in like Nancy, and the other one will use some sort of fuel cell technology, and they didn't talk a lot about that. They didn't talk a lot about any of this other than, other than they made the investment. I'm not sure how many people who listen to this show are going to rush out and buy a Hyundai sports car, but I like what they're doing here because what's going to happen is the technology that they uh, invest in for this high-end car will eventually trickle down into the lower-end cars, which will make people who can actually, you know, regular people who can afford a regularly priced car, they're going to get the cool features eventually. And ultimately, that's a really good thing. Green Car reports, Eric C. Everts, the Honda E prototype now has a new name, and it's not as cool as the Honda E prototype. It'll now be called the Honda Urban EV. Uh, this makes sense because the range is relatively low. It's 124 miles or 200 kilometers. But the naming is a little on the nose, to be honest with you. The Honda E prototype sounded way cooler. Now, if you don't know what this car is, you should definitely take a look at it. It's a little bitty kind of throwback to Honda's first car, the first, you know, fuel efficient car that made them, you know, Honda, basically. It's a great looking vehicle. The front of it, I've been driving around my neighborhood and there's a Jeep and I think it's uh, a Liberty. There's a little Jeep Liberty that drives around the neighborhood. It looks like the Honda E prototype or the Urban EV, looks a lot like the front of a Jeep Liberty. Anyway, it's a great looking car. It's going to be, it's coming out to you in Europe in 2019 and Japan in 2020. So if you live in those areas, you're very lucky. I'm kind of jealous. This is a really, I think, just a, a beautiful little car. Inside EVs, Zach Estrada. Elon Musk now has a trial date for Colin Vernon Unsworth, one of the rescuers when the Thai soccer team was trapped in the Waterfield Cave. A pedo guy, um, obviously alleging Unsworth was a pedophile. This came after Unsworth and Musk exchanged some unfriendly tweets. The trial is set for October 22nd, 2019. Unsworth is seeking $75,000 plus punitive damages from Musk. Here's an Associated Press article. In March, a Model 3 was involved in a fatal crash. According to the National Transportation Safety Board, NTSB, according to their preliminary report, it shows that autopilot was enabled at the time. 
Now, the driver turned autopilot on about 10 seconds before the crash. At 8 seconds, the driver's hands were not detected on the wheel. The driver nor autopilot made any sort of emergency evasive move to avoid the accident. The Model 3 struck the left side of a semi-trailer at 68 miles an hour and sheared off the roof. We'll find out more uh, when the full report is released, and I'll keep you updated. I'll put a link to the report in the show notes. It's really terrible when this kind of thing happens. The driver was a 50-year-old man. I'm sure he had a family. Honestly, it's just sad. All right, moving on. Fred Lambert of Electric. VW was going to build a battery cell factory, and then they decided not to. And then they were in talks with SK Innovation, but that fell apart because LG, their current battery supplier, threatened to stop selling them battery cells if they partnered with SK Innovations, allegedly. Now VW is saying, well, we're really going to build our own battery factory because that's kind of crucial to having an electric car company, which is what they want to be. And that makes a lot of sense. Over the next couple of years, it's going to be harder and harder to get uh, battery cells Especially if you're sourcing them from third parties, there's lots of things that can go wrong. And that could ultimately have an effect on the bottom line. And we're actually going to talk about some of those things a little bit later in the show. Simon Alvarez of Tesla Rati. Some people have speculated that the partnership between Tesla and Panasonic is on the rocks. Panasonic Corporation's president, Kazuhiro Tosoga, hope I'm saying that right, probably not, has debunked these rumors. He said the relationship between the two companies is actually very good. He also went on to say that the they're in a partnership. It's not a supplier uh, relationship. It's a, hey, we are in this business together, so we have to work together. We need to be frank, candid, and honest with each other. And the key thing about the partnership is that they can't just walk away. It's like they're they're married. If it was a supplier supply e kind of a relationship test you know wasn't working out either company could just cut ties like you know this isn't working out per their contracts the partnership it's more like a marriage it's a lot messier to consciously uncouple so because of that these companies are going to have to work together for a very long time they're very you know intertwined with one another's businesses as far as the batteries go now as a complete side note Panasonic has said that the Model Y production will create a battery shortage. Eh, See, we talked about that in the VW story at the Gigafactory, but I'm sure in a lot of other places as well. Tesla will start sourcing other manufacturers for Model Y production at the Sparks Gigafactory. And they would be crazy. Tesla would be crazy if they didn't consider this because they do not need more delays on a vehicle because, you know, they're kind of in the hot seat. And we'll talk about more of that later. Simon Alvarez of Tesla Rati. Tesla has officially acquired Maxwell Technologies. Hooray, it's finally done. I'm looking forward to seeing this new technology in the upcoming Model S and Model X refresh, and I'm totally speculating there and have nothing to base that on. Phil Deziki of Electric. The Chinese government is claiming to have developed a new way of producing lithium. Now, currently it's $12,000 to $20,000 per ton lithium. They figured out a way to reduce it to $2,200 a ton, which is quite a bit cheaper. Now, I wonder if this the production method they're using is similar to Lilac Solutions' method of extracting lithium. Lilac 
is able to get 80% lithium from a brine solution in far less time than the normal uh, extraction, which is right around 40%. So it's pretty significant. I put a link to Lilac Solutions in the show notes. I highly suggest taking a look. It's a really neat company. And we've talked about it before on this show. Just as a quick side note, SK Innovations is building a 500-ish million dollar factory in China. Again, this makes sense because Tesla is going to be building cars in China. And there's all sorts of these other EV manufacturers building in China. They're going to need to be supplied by somebody. But $500 million isn't a very big factory, to be honest. When you're looking at the billions that Tesla's spending and VW is looking to spend. And that LG's probably already spent. Another little note here, the U.S. Army has come up with a lithium-ion battery that is completely free from transition metals and has the potential of higher capacities, like more density. So it's high-density battery cells and also very safe. Now, the transition metals are found in the middle of the periodic table. Transition metals are able to make multiple ions with different charges. Now, having said that, I've exhausted my knowledge on transition metals, and you should definitely watch the video because it's really interesting. The guy breaks it down. Even, you know, so simple that a moron like me can understand it. And I was actually pretty entertained through the eight-minute video. I was like, not entertained. It was very interesting. It was educational. And I would highly suggest taking a look at the link in the show notes. Fred Lambert of Electric, Tesla is updating its battery software to improve battery longevity and reduce the potential of fires. Now, I added that last part because it didn't really say anything about the fires, but let's talk about it. What this does is it changes the charge and thermal management settings for the batteries. Now, Tesla has, this is their statement on uh, the fires here. As we continue our investigation of the root of the cause, Out of an abundance of caution, we are revising charge and thermal management settings on the Model S and Model X vehicles via an over-the-air update that will begin rolling out today to further protect the battery and improve battery longevity. So, is it an overabundance of caution, or do they actually know what the problem is? Interesting. Tesla has said that it feels that their cars are 10 times less likely to catch fire than ICE cars, which may or may not be true. I don't have the stats to to back that up. Um, There have been two stories of Tesla's just catching fire while parked, and I think both of them were in China. One of them was for sure. So Tesla has uh, another statement on this. Our team was on site to offer support to our customer and establish the facts of the incident. We are glad that everyone is safe. While our investigation with authorities is ongoing, we have found that only a few battery modules were affected and the majority of the battery pack was undamaged. I mean, the car did catch on fire. And maybe the majority of the battery pack was undamaged, but are you going to drive that car after that happened? No, of course you're not. It caught on fire. So I don't know that that's all that relevant because it did. It still happened. Tesla battery packs are engineered with a state-of-the-art design so that in very rare instances, when a fire does occur, it spreads slowly and vents heat away from the cabin, alerting the occupants that there's an issue and giving them time to exit the vehicle. Now, that looks like that does happen because when you look at the videos, the smoke and everything that's kind of pouring out, I don't know, let's call it five, six seconds before there's fire. It's not that long. It didn't feel like that long. And I'm sure if you're sitting in the car, it doesn't feel like that long either. 
the safety of our customers is our top priority. And if we do identify the issue, we will do whatever is necessary to address it. And I believe that that's true. Now, the update is already being released to Model S and Model Xs. Just to be fair, a company that I'm an investor in is NEO. And NEO has had two ES8 electric SUV fires just in a month. So it's not just Tesla that's having these fires. It's, you know, all the companies that are doing electric cars. Any company that's doing a car, really. Fred Lambert of Electric, Tesla has increased the Model 3's price by $400 per model. Again, Tesla's all over the place in terms of pricing. Although, we talked last week about the trade war between China and the U.S. A computer on the Model 3 is being made in China and is affected by these tariffs. Tesla tried to get an exemption, but they were denied. Those tariffs, they're going to be paid by whoever imports that computer, in this case Tesla, into the U.S. And then that cost is obviously passed on to the consumer, us in most cases. So Tesla has confirmed that the, there is a price increase and they change prices from time to time, which I would say whenever it rains, they change the price. However, they did not address the tariffs specifically. So, uh, But if I had to guess, $400 is a really odd price. If I had to guess, that had to come from tariffs. Oh, if I had to speculate, it's a terrible word. Fred Lambert of Electric, Elon and Tesla are hunting for cost-cutting opportunities. Electric has obtained a email sent to all Tesla employees. In the email, Elon stressed that it was extremely important to examine every expenditure at Tesla, no matter how small. This includes parts, salaries. If they're going to start cutting salaries, they should absolutely start at the top. Never start at the bottom. The people at the top make the most amount of money. People at the bottom make the least amount of money. Start at the top. Travel expenses. Now, Elon has a jet. It's his jet, as far as I know. He flies around the world. He pays for it. Great. When he does business for Tesla and flies in that jet, is he expensing that back to Tesla? I don't know if he is. I would imagine that Elon is the kind of person that's like, nah, I'm not going to turn this in. But I could be wrong. But if I had, you know, he feels, it seems like he's the guy that walks the walk and talks the talk. However, if he's not, he should really consider flying coach. Like Bernie Sanders style, get in the back of the plane with the unwashed masses and, you know, just live like a human. That You know, flying to... Yeah, I don't know, let's say New York is going to cost you $700 instead of $9,000. I don't know what it costs to own, you know, operate a jet, obviously. Anyway, that'd be a good place to start. And then rent. And I don't have anything snarky to say about rent. Tesla's current cash on hand only gives them about 10 months before they run out of money. I don't know if that figure includes the, you know, the two plus billion, excuse me, two plus billion dollars they just raised. It may, it may not. Elon said employees have a few weeks to take ownership and find ways to make improvements. Now, I here's I, I have a really hard time with that uh, employees taking ownership of expenses. In most businesses, and I don't know about Tesla, but in most businesses, employees don't have anything to do with what is purchased and not purchased. Now, there are employees that have that power for sure. However... That isn't the people on like the line. What I think Elon's going for here, and I'm speculating again, is for Tesla to empower its employees to make these decisions so that the company can save more money, right? 
But the thing is, and this is where it drives me crazy, is Tesla is a many-headed beast. There's lots of things going on. If somebody in the paint shop makes a decision, what other ramifications does that decision have throughout the rest of the company? Now, in a lot of cases, probably none. In some cases, it could be pretty significant. I guess what I'm saying here is that the the fact that Elon's saying the employees need to take ownership over this. What I would say would probably be a better way to state it is, hey, we're empowering you to, to give us these suggestions because you are the folks that work on the line. You guys know your area inside and out. Give us the suggestions and we're going to come back and we're going to make a plan based on your suggestions. But telling somebody to take ownership over something, when you take ownership over that thing, even if you can't control it, you're usually blamed because you were the owner. So if you say, well, it costs a lot of money to keep the factory clean, let's just stop sweeping, and you stop sweeping, who are they going to blame? They're going to blame the guy that took ownership of it. Now, that's an extreme example, and it wouldn't happen. But regardless, as a person who has been an employee and really not a boss his whole life, I've seen a lot of these kinds of things happen, and it makes my stomach clench, to be honest. Uh, now, yeah. So the big news here is, you know, Tesla has about 10 months worth of runway to work with. I, I, Tesla's going to be fine. This is spurring a lot of headlines, but I don't think it's as serious as people think it is. All right. Our final story comes from me, me on Friday. I woke up at five 30 in the morning and left my house about six 30. I drove up to Flagstaff to go to the Overland Expo. Unfortunately, I forgot my wallet and had to drive back home, but then I finally made it to Flagstaff. There was an insane amount of gear, vehicles, equipment, and people. So my goal, my intent was to go to this expo, the Overland Expo, and go and check out the Rivian R1T pickup truck. That was my overarching goal. I thought, I'm going to go on Friday. I'm going to go in the morning. It's not going to be all that busy. I was completely wrong. The backup to get into the park was insane. Fortunately, I didn't pay for the parking to park up close. I actually paid or actually uh, got hitched a ride from the free shuttle that they had at NAU. And they took me right past all of the people waiting to park and dropped me right off in front of the expo. It was amazing. It was great. Anyway, this place was really big. There was a ton of people shoulder to shoulder. It was really hard to talk to the vendors simply because there were so many people and so few vendors at each booth. Now, everybody was very nice. Don't have anything bad to say. It was just, it, it was, I would imagine it was very overwhelming for uh, the vendors because there was some there was a lot of people. It's just insane. Anyway, this expo, if you don't know, is a huge expo for people who like to camp, do four by four in, hike, smell bad. It's just every everything you want is there if you're into that kind of thing. I saw some really cool electric bikes, which I'm going to talk about on a Patreon only episode. And like I said, there was a lots of just really crazy, insane uh, equipment and vehicles. There was a Sherpa, and I don't know if you know what a Sherpa is, but it looks like something that they were like, hey, that kid's toy looks really cool. Let's build that in real life and charge $100,000 for it. 
it's like the inside of uh, maybe like a front end loader. You got the inside and then the back has got a little bit of storage. And then they got these massive wheels. Look it up, Sherpa. $100,000 ATV. I don't even know what you're using it for. Honestly, I don't know what you're using it for. Other than it's really cool to have. Um, Anyway. So I finally got to the Rivian area. And this is, like I said, this is all outdoors. And it's, you know, they kind of have aisles, but they don't really. So I found Rivian. I wouldn't have, my intention was not to look on the map because I wanted to see all the other cool things over there. And again, there were a lot of people around the truck. The Rivian engineers were great to talk to. They are full of great information. Nothing that would really shock or surprise you, to be honest. I did ask uh, if they were testing the truck in Arizona. And they said, well, we're testing everywhere. And I said, well, I heard uh, that you guys were testing at such and such specific testing facility in Arizona. Is that true? And the guy blinked and said, yeah, we're testing everywhere. And the conversation got awkward. Uh, He did talk about the mules that they're testing, the dressed up Ford F-150s. He talked, uh, you know, basically about stuff that had been made publicly available. They very much stayed on message. One thing I did find out, it sounds like those engineers can just text Rivian CEO RJ Scringe anytime they want. Because one of the people are like, was like, uh, hey, is RJ coming? I'm like, I don't know. Let me text him. And I didn't stick around to see if he was. Because it didn't matter. I had to go home. Anyway, there's a video that I put in the show notes. And it shows probably most of what I was going to say on this show. So go just, just go watch the video because you actually get to hear one of the engineers explain it. And then also you get to see it in real life rather than just imagining me blubbering my way through that talk. The truck that's being shown is the only truck that is actually complete. By that, I mean the other test trucks are, you know, they'll they'll have, you know, maybe the seats aren't the nicest or maybe the dash isn't done or whatever. They're just demo trucks. Or excuse me, they're just test trucks. This is an actual demo truck. So my impressions, just looking at it up close, it's really well built. Like it's surprising how well built it is. And it's bigger than I thought it was, to be honest with you. The cab is, uh, the both the front and the back is a very decent sized it doesn't look as much like a Honda Ridgeline as I first thought it would initially. Anyway, when you see it in person, the tunnel, which is the area that's between the bed and the cab, they had a slide out that had a two burner electric stove, a coffee maker and a sink and everything. All the electric devices were actually run by the power by the battery that's on the truck, which is really great. They had a two person tent mounted to the top of the bed. It looked pretty sturdy. I don't know if I'd, I mean, I guess it would be okay to sleep up there. It doesn't look super comfortable. The frunk was much bigger than expected. They had a big old cooler in there and there was still plenty of room. The cab was really nice to look very high quality. I didn't get a great look inside because whenever they opened the doors, everybody just kind of shuffled over and they had this little yellow line around the truck that you weren't really supposed to cross. But if you asked, they would you know take you across and show you something. I didn't, like I said, get a great look inside, but what I did see were the LED displays and they did not look exactly like they looked in some of the pictures that I saw. They kind of look like they're just glued on the dash. Now, again, this is not a production vehicle, but I was really taken aback at how small they were. I thought they were going to be much bigger, not like Biden size, but I thought they were going to be much bigger than they were. 
they just kind of look like two Amazon tablets that were just glued to the dash, which I'm sure it was not that. Overall, I thought this was a very beautiful truck. Um, I read a rumor that Rivian would be offering test drive soon. Basically, from the conversations I've had, I don't know that that's going to be the case. While I was standing there, you know, there's, I don't know, there's probably eight engineers just around the truck that you can just start chatting with. And they're all really, really nice. I talked to two, I talked to uh, quite a few of them, but the two that were the chattiest were the gentleman who, one of them did the front suspension. He was the designer for that. And the other one was the engineer for the back. Everybody was super nice and went out of their way to answer all of my questions. And I really appreciate that. But it really, from the feeling that I got, nobody said it out loud, but the feeling that I got is it's not going to be ready for test drives anytime soon. Maybe, you know, once they get a few more of these vehicles out there, but they're still doing a lot of testing. And the engineers did say that they are having a lot of fun testing this truck and they are really enjoying it being able to test it so i would i would venture to say that they're they're having a lot of fun for sure all right that's it that's the whole show everybody thanks for so much for listening like i said next week shorter shows probably until august sometime and then we'll move back into the regularly timed programs one of the things that uh, any sort of special event that tesla has obviously we'll go back to the longer show uh, I know that in June they have their investors meeting. We'll, we'll definitely talk about that in, in depth. And when they have their earnings call in July, we'll talk about that in depth. But other than that, just 10 stories and, and we're done. This is the last one for a while. So thank you, everybody who listens to the show. I hope you all have a wonderful week. Uh, it's 1030 on a Saturday night here. So I'm going to edit this on Sunday morning and get it out to you. So thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. I already said that again. So awkward I in this stupid podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.